Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Before we start, I want to thank everyone who has supported the show, and in particular those of you who have contributed to the PayPal tip jar. Of course, the likes, subscribes, and shares help a great deal as well. I enjoy bringing you this content, and the contributions help cover the expenses for doing so. I've had a wonderful time chatting with the people on these shows, so much so that I would like to have them back for further conversations. As you listen, if there are any questions or topics you would like to hear us discuss, please post up a note in the comments or send me them directly. I'll pick the best ones and we'll cover them in future episodes. Another way you can get more content is to join the Spirit Aikido online program. There are currently more than 130 videos in the program, with new ones being added every few days. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. In the most recent series of videos, I cover troubleshooting Ikkyo, as well as show some interesting applications of Ikkyo. I also start on a series of the fundamentals of Randori. There's a link to the program in the description. I invite you to check it out. Now, on with the discussion. Well, I want to welcome Brian Bates uh, from uh, Bunkai Bastards. He's got a YouTube channel with a few of his fellow practitioners. And uh, I wanted to welcome to him to the to this episode. And we want to have a great a good chat about what it's like to innovate your art and take it where you would like to see it go. Uh, sometimes even pushing upstream of what other practitioners and what the, the state of the art's doing. So welcome, Brian. And uh, well, maybe you could introduce yourself, go into a little bit of your background. Hi, Tristan. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so yeah, as you said, my name's Brian. I'm based in the UK. Uh, been in the martial arts for over 30 years. So started off with karate and that is my main art. So um, I, I'm, I'm still doing that. Um, so yeah, 30 years there, but, you know, in the early days, more traditional sort of did a lot of the, the, the competing and doing the things that you normally see people in karate doing. Um, what, uh, what style of karate do you do? You do? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. So my base is Shotokan, but I don't, I don't call myself Shotokan anymore. So it, as far as I'm concerned, it's just karate. Um, I, I think uh, if anybody saw me practicing my karate, they, they wouldn't call it Shotokan. So, um, yeah, I, I dropped the label a little while ago. Um, I, I think um, I think karate is just a fair label for it, to be honest. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 the karate side. Um, about ten years ago, I'd say it was yeah nine nine ten years ago, I took up Aikido to to sort of complement my karate and sort of to learn. The, the lock-in and the throw-in, you know, that, that was supposed to be in karate, that, you know, it's, it's rarely found in karate. So I thought Aikido was a good place to, to, to go for that. Also dabbled with a bit, bit of judo as well. Um, and a couple of years ago, I, I, I started training urban combatives as well. So, you know, a bit of a broad, broad spectrum of, of, of training, really. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell there. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Now, as I understand it, the, the, the channel you put together seems to come across with a, uh, your intention of kind of taking your, your karate into a more practical application. And I think that that's yeah. something that, that at least I related to with a lot of Aikido practitioners tend to not really worry about the practical side or really want to develop the practical side. And then I was one that did, I wanted to make sure that, mm. you know, my Aikido, my martial art, uh, was going to be practical and that it could handle handle the the, the practical application stuff. So, uh, as I understand it, you went through a similar journey uh, with your karate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
oh, probably you know after about 20 years of, of, of training in the classical karate uh, I think I got to a point where it took, it took a long time actually over, t- over 20 years but I got to a point where I thought you know does, does this really work you know is this, is this really going to save me bacon if, if I you know if I ever get into a situation um, and I started to look outside of karate at um, other arts and then I looked at um, a big fan of Ian Abernethy so he was he was the one who sort of gave me that that light bulb moment as well where it, his his karate was very functional you know so I'd, I'd seen a few of his videos on YouTube and, and then I've been based in the UK as he is very lucky that you know started to attend his seminars um, and that that, that sort of made that switch then to you know think okay this is this is what it's about you know this is this is how karate is going to work and it is um, it wasn't it wasn't a huge change, really, because it, it was more about changing the range of what you're doing. So traditional kite is done, you know, people are you know, six foot away when they when they start their, you know, their, their techniques and their drills. And it's just closing the distance. All the techniques work, but they just work in that closer range. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Aikido helped me out there as well, really, because a lot of Aikido, you know, when you're doing your basics, you're handshaking distance, aren't you? You know, so um, again, that, that, that helps change it to, to make it more practical. But yeah, for, for me, it, it, it had to work, you know. So karate, it, it had to work in in the in the real scenario, real real sense. Um, but yeah, Ian was the big influence. Um, and then you know, when, once you're on the on the on the seminar circuit, you start to meet people who have got the same sort of mindset. They're they're, they're like-minded martial artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start training elsewhere and 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 figuring things out through that. So sure. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. That is, you're right. When you when you do branch out and you start meeting people, of course, unfortunately now everybody's locked down. A lot of seminars are not going mm. on. A lot of trainings not going on. But this is an opportunity for us to sort of branch out and and find other arts and and other practitioners of either like mind or that can augment the skills that we want to have. And I think that that's that's one of those things. And you mentioned back a, a few minutes ago about kind of how long it took you. And I think every martial artist who starts out, goes in with that utter respect as they should for their insp- instructor in their school. And they go, okay, I'm, I'm sign me up for the program. Let's go through it. Show me everything. I'm going to wipe my mind free and blank it out. And you teach me. And, and it works in that progression where you go through that. They, the instructor fills your cup, you know, and, and gives you that certain knowledge. And, but if you get to a point where you realize, is this, pra- you ask yourself, is this practical? Would it save me? And I think, even with instructors or dojos that say we're just doing, we're not really doing a self-defense form martial art. We're doing something that's different. It, we're focused on exercise. We're focused on balance or internal stuff. In the back of every martial artist's mind, they think this is a martial art. Hmm. It'll it'll probably help me out, or it should. Yeah, I want it yeah. to, even though they don't, may not want to admit that. Um, because otherwise, it would be woodworking, or it would be practicing guitar, or any other art skill but it you know when you say martial art that implies that there would be that practicality and i I don't think there's anything wrong with asking that question or Mm. openly admitting like the reason i got into martial arts is yeah i don't want to get my ass kicked i i would like (laughs) to not you know be a victim if if that comes to it you know yeah Um, yeah i think uh, yeah i think it's those two words isn't it martial art i think right yeah it is a lot of people and, and as you say you know fair enough if, if that's what you're in it for if you if you're interested in the art then you know as long as you're honest with yourself mm-hmm. and the instructor's honest that is teaching it you know we're, mm-hmm. we're doing the art side of it you know we're, we're not sure. it's 
there is a martial element to it, but we're more focused on the art. But yeah, for me, it had to be more martial. Um, and and I say it, it, it was, I, th I think it's, it's, it was just changing things. Like I say, working from what um, I think Patrick McCarvey coined this one and an another guy I know, John Titchen, is, is working off of habitual acts of physical violence. So, you know, sort of changing that long, what we, what we call an oizuki or gakazuki, which is a, a straight punching stance, to working from hooks, you know, uh, or haymakers, mm -hmm. you know, grabs, headbutts, those sort of, you know, the things that you would encounter in a, in a physical um, confrontation. So, yeah, and, and let's say karate works from that range. Aikido works from that range. You know, they, they all work from it, but they don't work if you don't train it. You know, right. So you, you have to be training it. You know, and I wish I could remember this race car driver's name. I guess he's a, a famous world champion uh, race car driver. And he says, you know, I can teach somebody to sit in the seat and push on the pedals and operate the, the gear shifter and, and turn the steering wheel, but I can't train them to become a race car driver. And I mm. think that that the mechanical aspects of a martial art are not do not make it a martial art. And mm. there are examples, for example, like Tai Chi or uh, yoga even was conditioning for warriors back in the you know ancient days so but the yoga that we see now is far from you know yeah. warrior conditioning um but it's really not meant to be that if it if these things evolved into martial flavored activities it does it kind of takes them away from like what is the glue that makes them an actual martial art is that that practical side and mm -hmm. i really like seeing and i think i've seen this on some of your your videos where you get together with another practitioner and you kind of play around like, okay, let's figure yeah. out what, you know, we're going to remove the sterilized. We know what the attack is. We know what the response is going to be just the pure technical movements into, all right, how do you put those technical movements together into something that's going to be more real world like? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say in, in karate now there is there is a bit of movement to, for, for people doing this now you know getting together yeah. and cross training and training with different people but um yeah i think i think it has to go through stages doesn't it so you have to go through that where you do your basics mm -hmm. uh, for example with, with aikido you're doing your basics from from wrist grabs or uh, if you if you want to do it from your show miniature your community um but they are your basics and if you don't get past that you know you're never gonna um find out if it does work so like say so, so from your basics then you have to do um a little less compliant and then you, you kind of have to make it after that non-compliant sure. um so I, I think the problem with doing non-compliant training is um if say if we was if we was just going to work a nikio from from a grip if that's the only thing it was looking for um in in a bit of randori or a bit of spine so okay, okay you get your nikio we're taking from the grip it's easy to be non-compliant and, and, and not make that work. So you've got to allow other techniques in there to, mm -hmm. to, to sort of all of a sudden, okay, we've, we've got the Nikio in there now. So I think, um, yeah, it's got to go through those stages though. So you've got your, you know, the, 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 the compliant, you practice, you learn how it works. You learn, you learn the, uh, the mechanics of, of, of the, of the technique and you learn the principles behind the technique. And then mm -hmm. from, from the principles, then you can go on to drilling it in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, um, it's not just done from that basic grip. So once you understand how the technique works, it's, you know, it's, you've got to take it further, haven't you? Right. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, and I, having done competition, full contact competition, it, to me, it's the glue. You do want to study the technical fineries of, of, of your technique to be able to perform them really well. But the, the thing that really holds them together like that glue is reading an opponent or an attacker 
being able to choose correctly how to respond or how to take action or how to put yourself in a superior position, all of those things are kind of intangibles. You mean, you can talk with like a boxing coach or something and they'll explain, well, here's how you set up an opponent. Here's how you read them and, and how you adapt to what they are doing or how you apply yourself, how you put pressure. And a lot of these, even that language is often not really understood by those who merely look at the technical aspect of their art mm. and the movements and, and whatnot. So it's exciting, I think, to, to get into those. And, and for those people that, and I think that the longer you've studied the technical aspects alone, the scarier it is to go outside of your comfort zone into, mm. into that, that chaos, what appears to be chaos. You know, it's... Yeah, but it doesn't have to be though, does it? You know, so no, you can have low level, you can have low level live drills. You know, you don't have to be trying to knock each other's head off and and, and right. all the rest of it. Just a low level. So uh, an example of a, a low level drill that we would do. You know, it's it's very similar to the um, like the Wing Chun sticky hands, like the push hands kind of thing. So sure. yeah, we've got our wrists. Uh, we've made contact with our wrists, and one side's trying to just touch the, your, your opponent's head and they, they, they're using their, their hands to deflect. And at any point during that, you just go for a wrist grab, you know, and then, so it's a low level, but it's a live drill. You know, it makes sure. it live and nobody's really going to get hurt, but mm -hmm. you have to then be reactive. You know, you have to react to that grip, whether you're working on escapes or whether you're working on a technique. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think when people talk about sparring, they, they think I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> so, right. or, or, making, or going full or making, tilt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, making things live. But you know, when you make things live, you can do low level. You can you can go as, as high as you like. You know, you, like you say, look, we've done your full contact. You can go you can go down that road, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be there, does it? You know. Sure. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you learn a lot through through the low level drills to to give you the confidence to build up to eventually. You know, if you wanted to go down that path to to to, to go balls out. You know, right for a long. One so, of the one of the drills I really like doing is from wrestling and catch wrestling pummeling drills. Where you start yeah. in front and you there's arms all over you got to kind of move around i really yeah. like the arm drag for uh being able to control an opponent get get to their flank because that's where we do our best work as aikidoists is we don't want to be yeah. in front of somebody we want to be beside or behind them and then that integrates the footwork the hand work to keep hands out of your face because i think that's a big part of the reality is somebody doesn't have to punch you like mike tyson to really wreck you just a, mm. a finger in your eye and it could be even accidental is yeah. is enough to really mess your game up yeah yeah but yeah the pummeling we do that as well it's great you know so we've we've kind of uh as a, as a karate club we've, we've stolen things from from everywhere but it's you know you see something that's good you think well yeah why why, why shouldn't i integrate it into my training you know it's, right um I'm, the I'm only not... thing that would stop it stop you would be pride or ego and neither one of those belong in a martial artist absolutely not no yeah. no yeah i mean another one that we, 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 we say we've, we've stolen and uh uh, it's, it's, uh, Jesse Eckham done, done a video on this recently as well. It's the it's almost like the, the the parry pass drill, you know, the the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the the parry pass and trap. I think um, he said it's uh, from Carly, you know. So it's uh, the, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but the Hubbard drills. But okay. they do. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we do that. And again, at any time you can just break the flow and, and then just go into a technique. And and, sure. and, and and again, it's a low level, but it's a live drill. So you're you, you know, you're drilling this live. You know, there's, there's it's always going to be a winner and a loser, but um, it's 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 fun, you know. And I think I think your training's got to be fun as well, you know. Sure, so it I does. Think, uh, in, fact, yeah. in fact, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And I remember uh, a sensei he had a quote of uh, I'm trying to remember it exactly. He said, "Basically, train with joy in your heart." And to mm. me, that is 
just love what you're doing. Have a, have a great time with it. And, um, yeah. you know, if I know a lot of people they go into martial arts and they think, you know, well, I, this is gonna be like a boot camp. You know, I'm gonna have some angry old guy yelling at me and hit me with a stick because yeah. I'm doing everything wrong <laughs> and berating me. And it's yeah. like, you know, if you get into martial arts expecting that and, and in so kind of wanting that, I think it's gonna be a rough road. Um, yeah. And your mind may be on, well, I'm gonna be great at the end because I'm gonna be beaten so hard by this, you know, by my yeah. fellow students. And like, you know, I, I think that, yeah, that's kind of an old school way of looking at learning, but it's probably not the best way of looking at learning. Um, when you enjoy it and you can't wait to get back to training again, like that's the ultimate motivator for mm. you becoming good. Cause you'll, you'll give up sitting at home, eating pizzas. You'll give up birthday parties to get on the mat and train. And that will yeah. make you really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Train with joy in your heart. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I say, I, 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 I love it. You know, so I, I'm what you've just said, you know, I can't wait to, you know, particularly when this pandemic's over and I can get in the dojo and throw, throw and punch me mates. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I also think too that you know martial arts, Aikido won't being one of them, but I'm sure it's not the only martial art. I think there's a lot of martial arts that are scratching their head about why are we losing students? Why why are we not getting new students very quickly? And I'm talking before the the mm, epidemic yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, and I think if you answer the question of are your classes fun and nourishing. Mm. Do your students walk away going, wow, I, I now can do something I couldn't do when I walked in the door. If they're yeah. excited about it, they'll come back. You know, and if we lose yeah. track of that, if we kind of go down the, and I hate using the word traditional, but it, it does have that image in everybody's mind of, you know, 50 people out on the floor and they're all doing front kicks or they're all doing, you know, katas in the air and stuff like that. I hate to say it, that's boring. That is boring. Yeah. Yeah. And if you bore your students, they're going to leave. And if that's what your art is known for, especially with no, nothing practical to come out at the end, to me, that answers the question of why so few people are getting into quote unquote traditional arts. Now, my problem with the word traditional is what tradition, how far back does it go? Nope, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you there? Uh, start that again. Your, your yeah, I am. Yeah, I'll say you was breaking up a bit there, mate. Yep. Start yeah. again. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I know it was one of one of us. Um, yeah, I, I kind of uh, you was talking. I, I I kind of lost you. So yeah, okay. I was trying to trying to tell you. I, I, there we back. Oh, yeah, bit of a hiccup there. We're yeah, we were trying. I'll start that from the beginning. Then. So yeah, um, about about the training being fun. So I stuck at it for for twenty years doing that traditional stuff, and mm -hmm. and and up to a point, I was enjoying it. But then, and then towards the end, I got to, I got to that stage where I still want to do it anymore, you know. I just, right. And I think if I hadn't found um, the, like the likes of Ian and, and and changing the direction that I'd gone in, I would have probably quit, you know, because it got to that point in in, in training, it just it wasn't fun anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see what I was, you know, I couldn't see a point to it, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think um, having that change for me, and, and we're not we're not up and down in line. So everything that we do, so karate traditionally, you know, you, you see a lot of people doing solo drills, punching there, walking up and down in lines. But yeah, our, our work is probably eighty percent work. And we got. To but yeah, I, and I think the part of work if, starting if to break up a little bit more again. And, and Start from know, it's about eighty percent. I lost you after that. 
breaking up so, a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, so so let me just going to check my internet connection. It should be. Yeah, and I'm getting a message now. here. Internet's unstable, so I don't know what's going okay. on. If Santa's got yeah. something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping it's not my son playing his Xbox, taking all the all the, sure. all the all the broadband. But yeah, so we we, we sort of cover about eighty percent partner work and maybe twenty percent solo forms, um, and and most other you know traditional karate is, is is the other way around. You know, so that's what I think where I was getting bored with it, but. But you know, having a partner to to to, to throw to hit, you know, and, and I say in a relatively safe environment because you know we're, we're doing a martial art, so there's always a, there's always going to be a, a risk element to it, but we make it as safe as we can. Uh, but that's that's what sort of gave me the joy back, really. You know, doing doing this uh, more practical stuff, and as as um, as rough and as tough as it looks, is <laughs> you know we can still train it in a safe way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you know, if you want to turn the dial up, you can turn it up, and obviously mm -hmm. it becomes less safe. But sure. yeah, I, th I think. Um, but yeah, for, for for me, it was yeah, it was it was definitely a turning point. If I hadn't have done it, I would have, I'd have probably quit. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when when I came into it, one of the things I loved about Aikido is the the, the idea of randori of dealing with multiple attackers. Mm. Like to me, that yeah. was the apex of of any martial artist, not to just deal with one person, but have to deal with multiple, and. Um, you know, at the time I was in a dojo that we had, we had a randori practice, uh, which was scheduled on a particular night and it tended to intimidate people and, and especially newer students are like, Oh my God, that's gotta be so scary. And when I, when I started my own dojo, I wanted to remove that part say, you know what, there's no reason we can't start with the fundamentals of dealing with multiple people from the beginning. And then you don't create that fear in their mind that, Oh, we're going to do five years of paired kata and then later on when you've got all this skill then we can only start getting into into randori because the the, pr the principles of movement you don't need to five years of background in order to get them mm. of like where yeah. you want to deal with one person not two at a time and how you can start mm. to move around and and i uh, yeah. focus my practice on on that yeah um, so interestingly when i sorry tristan i was going to jump in there when, when i started aikido um that was a similar thing. I thought, oh, this is this is really cool. You know, we got two or three attackers, and and uh, and and I did find. As I say I found it easy. Going to sound like a bit, <laughs> bit of a big head now, but but after all the years of karate training, I found the randori quite easy. But what, mm -hmm. one of the one of the flaws with it, I, I I think, was you know, is is that you've got one attacker at a time. It tends to be, you know, right. I know we, 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 when we're doing the randori, we position ourselves so that we're always trying to stay on the outside, mm -hmm. and we're sort of trying to line the um, the, you know, the, the next one, well, going to the next attacker before they come to you kind of thing. So, um, but I, that, that was something that I really enjoyed when that mm -hmm. we didn't do at karate. When we did uh, multiple attackers at karate, um, it was it was so fake. <laughs> it was it was it was terrible, you know. So yeah. uh, I think Aikido have got that better. Um, mm -hmm. But interestingly, we do a similar thing. Um, it's, it's a training um, drill we do at UC. So it's not, this is how a fight goes, but it is a training drill. And, and when I first did it at Urban Combatives, it just reminded me of um, Aikido Randori. Sure. You know, so rather than um, throwing people, it was it, it, we might strike the first person, the second person's coming in, and we're taking a clinch, then we'll line them up. So we'll, we'll stack our opponents. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're attacking mm -hmm. this person. You've got in a clinch. Next person tries to come around, you'll go to them. You'll clinch them. You'll line them. So you'll stack. You're constantly stacking. Right. Um, right. So, you know, line up. And again, you know, for, from the Aikido background, I found it very very helpful for, for that yeah. drill but, the, but i think the mentality behind the uc one is 
is, is to, I, I suppose it was never explained to me in Aikido. Um, maybe I did it naturally. It was the stacking. Mm -hmm. And I could see that I, I thought, oh, yeah, this, this actually makes sense. You know, I've got a barrier between me and the mm -hmm. other person now. I can deal with this person. I don't need to see what this person's doing because I've got hold of him mm -hmm. and I can just hit him, get rid of him, take on the next person. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say the, the most it, it is and i found that even with brand new students that have come in with not only a week uh, in the dojo they when you start teaching them these principles and they have no background whatsoever you know somebody who's had some karate sparring knows if you somebody gets within three feet of you you got big trouble like you can mm. feel that pressure but yeah, yeah, yeah. you take a brand new person and you walk right up to them and they have no instinct that they're in, in danger but even starting with one class where you can give them that that uh, experience show them how to solve the problem of having somebody that close to them and in just even one session you can you can start making them go oh i, I get this i understand the formula it's not the whole formula yeah. but it's the beginning part the most important parts it's not that complicated but and it's fun yeah. they all enjoy it and i think that's that's going to be the key to any martial arts future is have students that love their training they have a good time and it's productive for them they feel you yeah. know they're confident. So, so yeah, I mean, we do a similar thing for the, for, you know, when somebody first walks through the door, mm -hmm. um, is to teach them something worthwhile, you know. So right. I did many years of karate training. Is, you know, you think is this going to work? But yeah, first thing, um, we got our, our get and bribe, which is our low sweep, or mm -hmm. people call it blocks, but yeah, it's a, a low sweep. Mm -hmm. um, so we use that as a, as a as a clearing to to, to clear an obstruction to because we're predominantly a striking art, so we're clear the obstruction so we can get to hitting the target. And we, we'll do that as a partner drill, but obviously with, with control. So, okay, let's take that to the pads now, because obviously you can't hit your partner with full force, but now when we take it to the pads, you're going to clear the obstruction. You can really whack that pad. And they're learning then, you know, they're learning, okay, so I'm clearing obstruction. I'm getting to a position of advantage, so I'm getting offline. Uh, and then to start learning these principles, you know, from, from day one, it, it, it's easier, you know, it's, it's easier sure. to teach further down the line. You know, and, it's it's funny. I, last year, I got together with some uh, instructors of different arts. We kind of get together and we'll do cross training and whatnot. And we have we had this one particular session, uh, and we we invited each instructor to give about thirty minutes. And the question was: Somebody comes in brand new to you, how would you explain your art, or what would you have them work on first to expose the first exposure they would have to your art? And it's funny that these a number of these instructors be, well, breathing is really important. So I teach them how to breathe and I teach them how to stand properly, you know, and because there's a lot of nuance to breathing. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. to standing and to walking. And, but as I watched it, I was like, you take somebody brand new and you you take it an hour or an hour and a half and teach them how to breathe and stand and walk. They're going to walk out. They go, what? The, what was that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think that that's, you know, these guys all knew their stuff. They're great people. Mm. But in terms of how do you make that student experience really hit them and go, wow, that was the first class. I can't wait to see what what I'm more so there is. You know, there, yeah. I think there's a certain method to roll out and an order. You know, it, it took yeah. I've, I've yet to find a student that that can really handle integrating breathing into their technique until about brown belt, which is mm. for us about three, four years like. You'd oh, yeah, think yeah. breathing is so simple, but it's not. It really takes prerequisite knowledge to get to that point. Yeah, I think for us in, in karate, it's, 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 it is 
I think it comes on a bit quicker with the breathing because obviously our techniques is breathing and exhale when you when you're striking. So and a lot of um, a lot of sport is, is like that, isn't it? So if you look at a tennis player, you know you hear them grunting, but that's their ex exhalation when they're hitting. Sure. So for us, you know, I think the breathing is that a little bit easier because um, mm -hmm. it's a natural thing to to, right. to to breathe out when you want to strike or when you want to hit. Yeah. So. In uh, fact, I, I've but, I've heard that the ki was a reminder to exhale as you breathe, as yeah, you strike. Could, could so, be this. I mean, there's so many so many uh, myths and <laughs> things yeah, with, yeah. with with cry. We just we just don't know the truth. <laughs> but, right, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're trying to recreate. Yeah, it's it, it, a bit like a, a war cry. I see it. You know, I'm just I'm just going to shout and scare you with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's, yeah. that's my war cry. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I, th I think. Um, so, 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 I don't know if it's sort of going off a bit of a tangent, but um, saying about keeping students, because I think you sort of mentioned that in, in mm -hmm. sort of earlier on. Um, but I think what I try and do with my students, um, and I think what we should be doing with our students is making them self-sufficient. Absolutely. So, you know, so they get to a point when they don't really need us, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've got I've got a few of my downgrades that they don't need to come to my class. You know, they, they, they've, they've, they've not they've figured it out. They've, they've, they've been taught in such a way that, they understand it, so they know how how things work. Um, but they, so they don't need to be coming to my class to learn anything as such. But hopefully, you know, they're, they're coming back because they enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that's important that we should be doing is is, is trying to make people more self sufficient. You know, um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I've been focusing on this last year, particularly last two years or so, is teaching even my yellow belt to uh, blue belt students, which are approaching intermediate how to start troubleshooting their own technique, mm. as opposed to re relying on me or another instructor to say, here's what you're doing wrong. This is to say, well, it isn't going the way that you thought it would go, or it's not as effortless, or it's not as smooth. Why? What, what, what's, going, what's going wrong? Yeah. What are the components that are missing? And that's to me yeah. what, the, what a fundamentals or a principle-based instructor is going to do is show, here are the principles. If you have trouble, find which of those principles you missed. Like where's yeah. where's that missing yeah. component? Yeah, and interesting. Uh, 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 my club, we we're very open, you know. So although it's it's my club, I'm the instructor there. You know, a anybody can ask questions and anybody can give input. So I've got people from all different backgrounds. I've got um, a guy who used to be um, it was it was it's full contact martial arts. So he did his, his, his kickboxing, he done boxing, mm -hmm. um, and the, the job that he worked in, he had to deal with. Um, getting rid of people from his premises and stuff, and stuff like that you know so there's him I've got law enforcement officer in in, in the class and mm -hmm. um yeah I've got an ex another ex-boxer as well and th these are all people with with you know life experience and, and, and different things you know so they all add to to the class so it's not you know I wouldn't say um my my word in the dojo is the be all and end all you know if, if somebody mm -hmm. says to me actually Brian I don't think that quite works and you know, they're doing it in a respectful way. They're not just going to sort of um, shout out in the in the oh, this is this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, but they're, they're, you know, they're saying, oh, but you know, what what about if we do it this way, or or do you think that will work in this scenario? Mm -hmm. So I think you know, I think having an open kind of format as well is very healthy. You know, Absolutely, so, it is. Um, you know, it's funny think, when you describe your your students because you almost described my group. I've got a <laughs> retired firefighter medic who is also a police officer. I've got another former boxer, and mm. and. If, if from an instructor standpoint, if you, there's no greater joy than hearing the insights of your students say, hey, here's, here's how, how this has worked. In fact, the, the, uh, the, um, 
the police officer, he would come back usually with some story about, well, you showed, showed us this in the dojo and here's how it worked in real life. Yeah, and th yeah. this was actually fantastic. I couldn't believe how well it worked. And then yeah. to say, when that person comes in and says, here's how I, I, I adjusted it, or here's how we can do this better. Like to me, that is the healthiest group you'll ever have where everybody yes. can bring in their insights, bring in what they've learned. Cause you'll learn more from the feedback of reality than you do from the instructor's mouth. He kind of guides you, but yeah. that's really what you're going to see. And I love hearing my students say, wow, look what I found out. Look what I, I discovered about how I, I do my martial art or what I found works. Cause if they yeah. found something I didn't, I want to hear about it. I love those discoveries. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Similar thing with with what with, with the law enforcement officer. I'm not sure if it's one of their official takedowns or you know to mm -hmm. to, to take somebody down to the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but we we was doing um, one of our forms. Um, basically, just took a, more or less like a tie clinch, and it was just a, a, a jolt. So this was more of a, a, a shock, you know. So like a snap down. Impact. Yeah, basically, yeah, it'd, it'd be like yeah, a wrestler's yes, yeah, snap down kind of thing. But he says yeah, so we we, we won't do the the impacts, but we were just drag them down and walk them down to the floor. Mm -hmm. And so he said, you know, and I've used this in, in you know, in, in, in my job. So sure. you think, okay, so, you know, this this is, it kind of gives it a bit of validity, doesn't it? You know, so, okay, this is this has worked in, you know, in his job. So, yep. uh, but again, you know, having that open format, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's good that you can say, oh, we've done it this way, similar to what you've done. So we work both, we, we tried both and, you know, we found out both were good. Obviously we couldn't do the impacted one with much impact, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have that open format. But I, I think traditionally, we, we use, I hate the word traditional, because I think karate, the, the, the traditional karate that everybody sees now hasn't been along the, around that long, you know, so it's... Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, and it's I'd say the same of Aikido. You know, the Aikido yeah. in the 50s and 60s was a different creature than it mm. than it was in the, you know, 80s, 90s, and yeah. 2000s. So, yeah. Do you want to share this story? Um, we had been working on... Uh, a catch wrestling release from a, a, a hand grab where you grab and cross and, and then you just drop the hand to the ground. Well, as you're training mm -hmm. with people that know that that hand's going to drop. They just bend their knees and they, you know, they drop to the ground. We had been working on this and my, my student was a law enforcement officer actually had to apprehend somebody and he wound up grabbing him. This guy started pulling. So he grabbed the other wrist and set it on the ground. Well, reality works a little different than it does in the dojo. Yeah. yeah. Just dropping to his knees this guy was so panicked, he he just didn't even think to bend his knees and his body flipped over <laughs> pop into this pile of boxes. Like it was a total head yeah, over yeah. heels throw. And I, you'd never see that in a dojo because you're you're yeah. ready for, you know, to yeah. be grabbed and manipulated and, you know, you don't mind going down. But this guy just, he, he's so panicked that it worked yeah. differently. So it's one of my favorite lessons for be ready for things that happen in reality. They're going to look different and they're going to, play out differently than they do in a dojo just because yeah. of the different mindset that people have in reality and you get people that have zero uh, uh, ability to adapt to a high stress situation and it can it can come out totally different you know i would never have thought in a million years that that just dropping somebody's hand to the ground would result in them flipping over the top but yeah. he's like He's like, well, so the damnedest answer, thing. I didn't expect it either. <laughs> I was going to say, the guy that done it, was he like, oh. Yeah, he's like, what <laughs> happened? He's like, I saw his feet go flying right by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool, that's cool. But yeah, I think what I was going to say was, um, uh, it's, it's about the, the instructors, you know, so where we've got a fairly open 
um, class. I think traditionally, it, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to question the censor. You know, his his word is final. Uh, so right. you'd, you'd end up doing something which you thought, I'm not really sure, but you know, but I'll do it anyway because because sensei said so. Um, and, I, and I think um, you know that, that that really needs to change. You know, the, the, yeah, it, I mean, there's a time and a place, and there's there's a a, a way to bring yeah exactly yeah. You know, there's a way to be respectful. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think the full authoritarian model of the almighty sensei and then mm. the peon students, that's got to change. Um, yeah. And just the, the overall attitude, you know, of we're all in this together. And if we, I like looking at martial arts like an open source thing. I've, I've yet to find anybody that doesn't bring some kind of knowledge that I can learn and that I can absorb mm. some insights that are valuable. And the yeah. minute your ego flips on and takes control and says, you know, I'm Mr. Big Shot and everybody else is an idiot. You've now just slammed the door on your own learning. Um, yeah. And yeah. But uh, again, uh, that, that, that kind of teaching stops that self-sufficiency as well, doesn't it? Because I think that, that type of sense, he wants them there <laughs> forever. So, yep. you know, yep. it's there, you know, so it's, it's, uh, they're, they're not learning principles or exactly. You know, uh, and I think from a from a student standpoint, if you look at your your instructor being, has he taught me everything that he knows yet? And once that happens, you realize, all right, now I need to leave and I need to go somewhere else. I, that's to me also the wrong way for a student to look at it, to say, yes, this instructor will teach you a great deal of what he knows and, and builds mm -hmm. you to a certain degree, but it's your job as a student to start absorbing more going yeah. outside and getting more into but it doesn't mean you have to leave it no. can be that you can unless your 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 instructor is so egotistical that he does not want to have a peer at his own level mm. if that's the case then yeah you probably have to leave yeah. but a good yeah. instructor and i want to be this instructor say i want a bunch of people at my peer level i want our whole group everybody to have their strengths and i would yeah. like to have a bunch of people that are even better than i am because each one has their own perspectives and a student can learn from all of them. It, does, it doesn't need to have one way and one way only. Because we want to, I kind of view myself more as a coach than an instructor uh, yeah, in that I want to coach the best out of my students. And that takes, yeah. you know, it, the more people you have providing insights, the more they, the student has to, to learn from. But also, yeah, as an instructor, just what you're saying, you want the best for your students, don't you? You know, so as, as a coach, you want you want to develop them into the best you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like I've got a, a fairly broad skill set, you know. But I'm predominantly a striker, you know. That's that's really what I do. And I say I, I went to Aikido to learn to to, to throw and, and to lock and um, you know the UC for a bit more reality in my training. But if if there's something that one of my students particularly wants to, you know, if if he wants to be better at throwing, I say, well. You know, go, go, you know, if, if it, I mean, I, I did judo when I was a bit younger, which my body, you know, it could cope with it. And, and as I started getting older and I was getting the injuries, it was like, okay, maybe I need to quit judo now. But yeah, you know, I've sent students off to Brazilian jiu-jitsu because one was particularly interested in, in the ground game. Now we do ground stuff, but mm -hmm. our ground stuff is is really for escape, you know, so we, we, we right. put ourselves yeah, in that where, Yeah, so we, we, we don't want to stay fighting on the ground, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of rolling to, to get on your feet and get gone. Um, but he, he really enjoyed it, you know, so, so, so I go, you know, find yourself a Brazilian, I don't know any, any locally, so I said, you know, find yourself a, a jiu-jitsu club and see, see how you get on. 
and for, it, was, it was the only one actually that I've encouraged to, to, to find something else that's actually left. <laughs> so he, did, he loved it that much. But, you know, I'm, I'm happier for him because, yeah. you know, it's, it's what he wanted. Um, but, yeah, the guy that I encouraged to do judo, you know, he, he comes and trains and he'll bring things back as well. He says, oh, we did this at judo. And it reminded me of, of this technique that we do. Sure. So, you know, he's just, he's just honing those skills really by, by, mm -hmm. by you know, going to the, the, the experts in that field as such, you know. So, yeah. um, like I say, me being predominantly a striker, you know, that's, you know I, can, I can teach him to hit hard, but um, my throwing is, is okay. It's all, sure. it should be after nine years of Aikido, really, shouldn't it? But, um, <laughs> well, you know, um, it's, it's funny that if you view it, what do they say? All the paths around the mountain lead to the peak and the, there's mm, kind of one peak yeah. at the top. And I think the higher you go on the mountain, the closer you get to the other realms where, you know, yeah. strikers like to get into throwing. They want to learn about kicking. They want to learn about, uh, you know, groundwork or the grappling, things like that. Um, I, I think you have to purposefully keep yourself at the base of the mountain and not want to cross over uh, and explore mm. at least what, what some of the other arts have to offer. There's Every art's got some great stuff. I've yet to find yeah. an art that is just nothing but garbage. You know, yeah. they're hyper-specialized yeah. generally, but what they specialize in is usually amazing. And there's there's yeah. there's some wonderful things in in them that, that are yeah. great to adapt. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Yeah, I think um, it is the the, the, the specialising in it, isn't it? So like I say, karate, I think originally it would have had a, a reasonably broad skill set, but mm -hmm. but favoured striking more. Mm -hmm. But that skill set has just gone down for the majority of karate. It's just striking, you know. So um, and Aikido is going through the same thing, I, as I understand it. The Aikikai, which is the you know Ueshiba family organization, is starting has long started to remove techniques one by one or, you know, two by two from the curriculum. I'm like, well, where's that going to lead? And, you know, where is it now? And where's it going to lead in five, 10 years? I mean, is it going to come down to like three or four techniques and that's it? Like, yeah. 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 I say, I think um, I've mentioned it already, but what led me to Aikido, but mm -hmm. talking about, um, wanting to learn to throw better and but as soon as I started doing these things in, in Aikido I didn't mention this to you before that mm -hmm. um so I've, I've seen this in karate now so you can see the crossovers when you start yeah. training elsewhere you know so but you know um I think it was a uh, Gichin Funakoshi who's the the, the, the the modern the father of modern karate you know in his book Kaido Kyohan it says I think it's couldn't quote exactly but you know um, punching and kicking are not the only things in karate that you know there is also right. um throwing and locking and Mm -hmm. choking but like i say majority of schools don't teach that you know it's just punching and kicking right so yeah, it was good to get to aikido to 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 to, to learn more about my art really so right. it's, it's it's weird that you have to go somewhere else to learn more about what you do um, exactly but it, it totally unlocked so i say it unlocked a lot of um what we do in our forms so you mm -hmm. know the kata is a, a big part of karate but a lot of it's done as a as an empty dance you know so people are doing the moves without really understanding what they're doing Sure. Um, so this is where the big movement in karate is going now. You know, people are trying to unlock the kata. The mm -hmm. problem is, I think a lot of it is sort of reverse engineering it. You know, rather than um, doing like, for example, you do your basics, but you still partner work. You know, mm -hmm. so you know what you're doing with it. So if you was to form a kata now, you'd understand it completely. Whereas we were trying to figure it out. Um, and interestingly, um, for 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 my keto group, because I, I, um, obviously we're in lockdown now, so we're not allowed to. We're, we're not allowed to have any contact training at all. So I said, why don't you, why don't you do like us karate guys? Why don't you try and formulate a kata? You know, you understand the techniques. Mm -hmm. um, you, you've already, you, you, you know what you're doing with a partner. Just just do it as a solo form. 
uh, and my IKEA instructor got really excited about it. And uh, they come back the next week because that's what I've been thinking about all week because I've, I've put these techniques together in this sort of form and, and it was actually really good. You know, sure. I, I said, that looks like a really good kata, <laughs> you know, like sort of karate type kata. Um, nice. But you've got, you've got to sort of, at the time we're in now, it's, it's about adapting and improvising, isn't it? You know, so yeah. you've got to sort of find ways to do our training. Um, and that's the fun so, part. I, I find there's a great deal of joy in, uh, I guess, kind of like a musician would uh, we get together with uh, with other musicians and just jam. They would, yeah. you know, improv. Well, we'll choose the key we're going to play in and, and let's pick a rhythm and let's just start playing. And, and that's, that's a, a fun part. It, it makes you nervous when you're not a good musician. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, me as well, yeah. <laughs> but as you get better, you, it becomes more of a comfort thing. And then you start really experiencing the joy of what that, what the art's really capable of. Um, yeah. yeah. So another thing I wanted to chat a little about was you're putting up the, the, uh, Bunkai Bastards channel. Um, yeah. maybe you could explain a little bit about that and, and, uh, when you started and what your yeah, so... goal was. Yeah, there's, there's, there's three of us that run this little group, uh, myself, a guy called Andy Kidd, um, and, and another guy called Bob Davis. Um, so between the three of us, I, I met Andy on the seminar circuit. I actually attended one of his seminars as well. So um, that's where I first met him. Um, really good guy, really, really good guy. And Bob is my, well, I said my wife's uncle, so he's, he's my uncle, <laughs> my uncle Bob. Um, so we've all got the same interest. And, and what we've done with this, um, we started off as a, as, a, as a small group, but it was all about kata analysis. So you know, trying to unlock, unlock the, the secrets behind kata. But we, we set it up as a peer review group as well. So, so what, what happened with the small group we got is we would set a topic or we would set a task. So, you know, the task being, okay, let's try and discover this, this application for this kata. Um, and then people would submit their ideas on it, you know, and then, and then we'd peer review it. So obviously if people are submitting the similar sort of idea, it's, okay, we're all thinking along the same lines, this has got to be good, right? Mm -hmm. um, or if, if somebody's done something slightly different, but it's workable, okay, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll all give that a go and we'll see how, how that works for us. But it was the peer review. so. That's, you know, it's a good way to um, find out what works and what doesn't really, you know, sure. and really, so we, we take this online. So this is, you know, it was, it was um, a good a good um, format for it. So people submitted and then we take it back to our dojos, you know, we, we, we'd, we'd battle test it is what we'd call it. You know, we, we'd battle test it. I know, um, so, so I think Martin Williams introduced us, didn't he? So, yes. and he was doing a similar thing not long ago, actually. I think he was, he was trying to get something going along with, um, Doing a doing a little project, you know, so how you know a defense against the haymaker, and everybody would submit their their thoughts on it. Um, and yeah, I and, think yeah, his I his was Aikido bastards. You inspired him That's, for the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, again, you know, I, I mean, I, I really like the work that Martin does as well. So it's, it's absolutely it's good stuff. yeah. Um, but but yeah, so it is. Yeah, I say it's it's mainly for the peer review. Um, that was that sure. was the whole point of it. So it was almost like we weren't really, as, as, as Bob, Andy and myself, we weren't really giving people the ideas. We let, let them try to figure it out for themselves, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, and, then, and then the review. But between the three of us as well, so we've done, um, we do seminars. We normally hold about three seminars a year. Mm -hmm. um, so one of them we hold in a nightclub. So we like, you know, fights happen in places, right? So they don't happen in dojos. Um, right. So, so yeah, we, we, we hold one in a nightclub, which is great because we get to do um, 
we'll, we'll set up scenarios or, or we'll, we'll uh, simulations in in the toilets, at the bar, on the dance floor, on the stairs. Obviously, you've mm -hmm. got put safety things in, in, in place. And, you know, some of these drills are, are pre-arranged so you know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a bit of chaos, you know. And sure. so, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier, that there's got to be a bit of chaos in your training, hasn't there? Mm -hmm. So fights are chaotic. Well, you know, and that's, so. as I understand it, that's what Randori translates into is grabbing chaos. And I okay. think it's it's safe to kind of remove the chaos part and, and create order. And that's where the katas yeah. come in, but it isn't, you know, you, you want to get used to the chaos. You want to be comfortable mm -hmm. there. And it's great that you guys are doing and, you know, going into different environments because you're right. That's people get attacked in stairwells on elevators, yeah. you know, in hallways and office rooms or small rooms, bathrooms, yeah. you know, all the places. And the environment, you, you know, it can be your worst enemy or your best friend as well. You know, right. So you can, you can either use it to your advantage, you know, mm -hmm. slam somebody into a wall, or, you know, yeah. if we're, we was in the toilets into the hand dryers um or you know it, it could be you that's getting slammed you know so um, <laughs> or you, you, you're going to trip over a step or something you know so you, right. i think being aware of your environment is is, is really important but, and then and then trying to use it to your advantage you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah we get kind of spoiled on a nice big dojo floor that's empty mm -hmm. and it's flat and it's smooth and you've yeah. got all the room you need to work to do your do your thing and and then you go yeah. into a hallway different story yeah. well yeah again interestingly we did um, so i took some of the ideas to the aikido club that i, I train at and, mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're very open-minded and very forward-thinking as well so demetrius my my instructor he was like that's brilliant so it, it was in this really tight corridor mm -hmm. and he, he basically stood in the you know, right find your way out now <laughs> you gotta you got get past me and yep. it's, it's not a small chap either you know so, right. so how, how do i get past you know so you've got to really sort of think about what you're doing you know your aikido techniques to try and get past somebody in the corridor it's just you know just just using their 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 momentum or whatever is if they're coming at you to try and redirect it and, and get mm -hmm. yourself past but it, it, it stumped so many people you know so it was it was difficult for a lot and but it's good you've got to have that problems you know problem solving and, and, and that little bit of discomfort and you know how, how, how can i deal with this sure and after a little while you know people become comfortable with it mm -hmm. you know, so that's what you want isn't it you know so yeah. it's almost being a bit de desensitized to the situation okay yeah it's, they call it stress inoculation and it, mm. it's i think it's a necessary part of training you know my yeah. my dojo i've got uh i'm blessed i've got a sort of a front office space that's the changing rooms and then in the back i've got those the large room with the dojo so there's no windows in there and oftentimes what i'll do especially you know i like to work on head covers and making sure you don't get hit in the head and sometimes students will, will keep their hands low i say okay well now guess what i'm going to turn the lights way yeah. down and it's yeah. it's almost pitch black in there and the first thing that happens is their hands start coming up because they can't see what's what might be coming yeah. i said this is where your hands should they should come up not be down by your pockets and yeah. you know instinctively and i've got just a little bit of light in there so they can sort of see figures and stuff but you can't watch hands you can't um do that really clean you know body language study because you can't see somebody like well this could be you know uh going to a dark parking lot some night or you know walking to your car down the street you don't see what's going on it's raining you know things are obscure yeah, um, yeah. all kinds of these things can happen but yeah, yeah, it's good. And I think uh, Aikido in tight spaces, <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's got to be yep. done, isn't it, really? So, yeah, and, and um, it's actually one of the things I like about it, because, you know, when you want to influence somebody, get close to them, you know, you get past mm -hmm. their weapons, 
you get onto a flank, you get your hands on them. Like you said earlier, and I do the, teach this to my students all the time is once you get your hands on somebody, you don't need to watch them. You can feel them, you know, and then yeah. now you can scan around to other things that are going on. So being, being in close is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've certainly found that uh, with karate and, and Aikido, you know, like, like I say, once you, once you've got your hands on someone, once you can feel what they're doing, you don't, you know, it, it, you're in, you're in, you're in your zone, really. <laughs> you yeah. should, as, as, a, as, a, as a, an Aikidaka, you know, being a, a thrower, you know, once you are in that close proximity and you've got your hands on so you can feel what they're doing, you can feel where the movement and the balance is going, you should be able to throw them easy. And we do, like say, we were talking about the pummeling drills earlier, we do sort of similar sort of hand, hand grappling drills, you know, and, and yeah, I think I think it's not done enough, really. I think there's too much formality, you know, so... Yeah. You know, it reminds me years ago, back when I was competing, I, I ran across this guy and I was, I'm tall and lean. I was pretty fast, I very quick hands, quick feet. And I ran across this guy, bigger, heavier, pretty slow. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take this guy apart. And he clinched on me. He came in close mm -hmm. and he just kind of put some weight on me. And by getting in that close, he tied up my weapons and my movement. And it was brilliant. Like he did a great job. Like he outmoved me, even though I had the speed and I had the range advantage on him. And mm. uh, it was, it was, that was a really great lesson that day. It's like, yeah. this is how, how obstructive somebody who wants to smother somebody who's quick, young, spry, you know, a lot of times we deal with, well, how do you deal with speed? Well, you don't have to be faster than the fast guy. You just have to tie up his weapons. And I think getting in close is one of those great ways to do it. But I think that's also, it's, it's quite instinctive as well, isn't it? So obviously, you know, boxers will do that, you know, when they're, when they're getting tired, they'll wrap up their opponent. So it's mm -hmm. to, to damage limitation. Yep. But also I think that happens if you, if you watch any um, street altercations, you know, once they're out of punching range, you know, or if somebody wants to protect themselves, they'll try and wrap their, you know, their, their, their aggressors at arms up, you know, or mm -hmm. vice versa, you know. So you, you do, you know, you, you quite quickly can end up, in the clinch range so yeah. being comfortable in that in that range is i think it's important you know so absolutely it's just getting there safely without getting hit that's the key yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well so we do a lot of the, the cover crash and, and and clinch drills yeah um, but it's it's, it's also from, from um you know if you're doing a randori type training it's a fun place to play do you know what i mean oh, it yeah. is. and you can yeah. you can do it in a like again we're talking about safe safety you can still do this in a safe way you know we'll we'll be in a in a in a, in a close clinch where we'll be striking elbows and knees and you know um if we wanted to, to, to sort of put headbutts in as well we, we'd put some headgear on you know it, it, it's safe you know we're still not going 100 percent. we can still right. do that at 50 percent, and mm -hmm. it's fun you know that's yeah that, again we we're talking about earlier you know, you, you're training and you, you've got that joy in your heart. I've got, yep. when, I, when, I, when I'm clenching, I've got a lot of joy in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelming, overbrimming with joy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's good. You know, and I've yeah. found too that that, that, that concept of tie or, or body shield, when you close on somebody on a flank and you're right on them, hmm. you can use them as that shield. And then, you know, yeah. with Aikido, in fact, we're working on this just yesterday, is being able to, you know, spin and drop the person that you're using as the shield when you want, or you turn yeah. and you kind of get rid of them. It's time to yeah. move on. But in that moment where you're closed in, you know, Musashi talked about this when he when he talked about facing multiple opponents. He says, have, have a wall to your back so that you can't be approached from behind. Yeah. Same kind of thing. You get that shield in front. Now you're protected from that one side just for a moment, yeah. you know, and, yeah, yeah. and so it's, yeah. it's, great application of being able to deal with multiple people. Mm. 
Yeah. So I just try to we, we sort of divert it from the the, the sure. bastards. We're kind of talking about the bastards, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just, I think that's I was going to say talking about them. That is pretty much it. I say we do our three seminars. So that was it because we talked about training in places, didn't we? So that's one of our seminars where we do the nightclub, and then yeah, another another two seminars. Um, just I'm in a dojo environment, but you know, so it's, it's kind of go for that more practical type of um seminar, you know. So, sure. um, but yeah, and, I mean, another thing that's it's it's not a bastard thing, but it's one thing that Andy does, which is a great thing as well. He, he has this um bunkai bash, so in the summer, he, he hires a field, uh, a campsite field, and we all, we all camp there and, and we, we train all day, you know. It's, it's, it's um, nice again, you know, he he, he invites down different instructors. Mm-hmm. predominantly karate instructors but again different instructors from different styles as well so you know mm-hmm. you can see the crossovers and you can see the different things and i think that sort of thing's good as well you know just just you know i i think when when you know situation allows and things open up again i think events like that are going to be so in demand like people i i think are just dying to get back into training especially yeah. to do some training that's fun and new and exciting like gets gets the blood going again um yeah well again as you know training outside you know, in, in a field you know yeah. you've got the ground is undulating and um you know you might have the sun in your eyes <laughs> so you, again you, tactically you need to try and position yourself so so yeah it, it's great fun and and yeah talking about sort of different things i don't know what it's like uh, where you are but for, for, for us you know when we did go back I, I only went back for for three sessions to the dojo i just wasn't quite happy with you know, training with the, what's going on. Sure. So I went back to online online lessons. But one of the stipulations was we had to wear trainers in the dojo. So you know, I didn't, I didn't bother putting my mats down. So we just trained on the on the hard floor, okay. and that was that was different for me as well. You know, even though I do um, we we train in civvies sometimes, but mm-hmm. actually having a, a, a normal, I say a normal, <laughs> don't think any training session is normal in my in my dojo, but a normal training session with footwear on you know it just changes a lot of a lot of things and you know, mm-hmm. we're so used to just training barefoot in in, in the dojo environment so yeah, yeah it does change know. up in fact mm-hmm. I, I tell my students you know one of the things i noticed is because with aikido we do a lot of turning if your foot grips too much you can torque your knee in fact i got yeah, a knee yeah. injury doing that um yeah. even with a barefoot on a mat but you know that's why i learned okay go do these turns in tennis shoes on pavement and yeah. let your body get to know what you can and cannot do under those, you know, circumstances. Because you know, barefoot slides nicely usually on a yeah. on a mat, and it your your feet won't do that if they're in you know rubber soled like shoes yeah. that no, people normally wear. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's definitely good. It's definitely good to uh, yeah. And let's say we we say we, we do the civvy training. So yeah. A lot of, so right. we do the bus. We do we do a geese session, but then we do like let's just wear your t-shirt. Funny when we say civvies, everybody, everybody puts the combat trousers on and, and a t-shirt. So they look like they're ready for training or you know a pair of joggers. Or just wear your normal clothes. You know what you would normally wear day to day. That's that's you know what you're likely to be wearing. You know if, if you get into a situation. Um, yeah, so funny and enough, like grassy ground or, or uneven ground, yeah. you don't get that nice foot slide that you do on a yeah, mat. Yeah. Like you have to pick yeah. it up and step and. And uh, oh, once I started doing that years ago, I'd remind my students, like, pick your foot up and step down because don't get spoiled with this mat and what you can do here. You know, go yeah. out in your front yard and play around and see how you step. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the, uh, this is a little funny sort of anecdote for, for the nightclub training. We did say, you know, come in, come in what, you know, <laughs> what you would wear to a club. So one one lad, he came up suited and booted. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> I think by the end of the day, he regretted it. But um 
Yeah, it was it was funny. So it, yep. yeah, it, 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 it actually come and played the part. So it was it was good. It was, nice. it was funny. Well, so, yeah. how long have you had the, had your channel, uh, Bunkai Bastard? It's been a, cu a couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah. So so I've got two channels. So I've got my own one. So Zanshin Karate Academy, which is um, okay. I, I'm, I'm more active on that to be honest. Okay. Um, so so that that that's that's where most of my videos go up. What we tend to do with the bastards, we'll do like what we're doing now. You know, we, we'll 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 chat um between ourselves so between bob andy and myself um and we'll, we'll talk anything really what anybody will listen to you know so sure um so we'll talk about you know the problem with karate or the you know um, we'll talk principles we, we did a, a good chat on, on where well, we thought it was good <laughs> uh women's self-defense you know because predominantly taught by men you know that don't know the problems that women's face you know so mm -hmm. um so, so yeah the the, the, the bunkai bastards it's kind of Drifted off to that now is 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 this kind of format like a podcast kind of thing? Okay. Where we got a podcast going out with that as well, and we cool. talked some. Yeah, so far I think we had um, a guy Andy Allen who's a really you know, forward-thinking karate. We, we spoke with him, um, Vince Morris. Um, he's been doing this practical karate for a long, long time, and um, he's a really good guy to chat with as well. The stories he came out with was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the, the yeah the bastards the bunkai bastards channel. That's that's really you know it's it's kind of this sort of format really. Sure. Um, but yeah, for 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 the for the drills and stuff like that is yeah my my channel Zanshin Karate Academy. So I'll do okay. it on there. Yeah, and I'll put links to both of those in the description for cool. people so they yeah. can check that yeah, out. Appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. Now, might, have you, is, having this channel introduce you to other people? I mean, obviously we got together, uh, I guess indirectly through Martin. Uh, you know, but yeah. networks starting to build and, and people kind of realizing, hey, you guys are doing some cool stuff. I want to play around with that too. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, and and uh, the UK at the moment is quite a cool place to be for 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 the practical karate side of things because there are nice. there are I, I, I mean the names might not might, might not mean anything to you or, or your listeners, but you know we got like I say Ian's the biggest name in 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 this in in the UK and, and I believe you spoke to him. Or you're yeah, talk in to fact, him. I just did an interview. I'm about to upload it. Uh, by yeah, the time this yeah. video goes live, it'll be the la the most recent one before yeah. it. So I'll include a so list. So uh, yeah, he's, he's he's a cool guy, a good guy. You know, it's it's so. Yeah, so the network it, it, it's grown, yeah, through through having that. So yeah, there's a guy called Les Bubko, and Les is fantastic karate in, in, in the UK. Uh, funny enough, I, I met um, another guy, Chris Hansen, who did come to the UK. He's 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 um he's a Canadian guy, um, and he's all about you know cross training and, and learning from other arts and, and and getting us all together as a community. So you know, not we're not we don't want to be separated. We want to, we want to be together as martial artists, which I like. You know, I like his uh, his. his philosophy there and his thought process behind it so yeah yeah i've met met quite a few people through it and it's it's, it's good you know it's, it's good to network isn't it you know if, yeah. if you if you mix with the right people i guess you know, so that's that's what you got to be doing, well that's so. it you know i think the internet is a is a great blessing for martial artists in, in particular because it's it's a way for us to get introduced and find people mm -hmm. that are doing what we are interested in doing and I think, you know, there's going to be a small percentage like yourself and, and me who've gone to produce things to try to put out the feelers, say, here's what we're interested in. But even somebody who's just watching YouTube or they're, you know, they're listening to podcasts or something and they find, hey, I, I really like what you guys are doing. Contact us or you would get involved, mm. like go go and say, hey, you know, how, how do I yeah. how do I do the same kind of thing? You don't have to do your own channel or or start your own content production, but there's ways to get involved with it. 
Yeah, it, it, it uh, involved in the, the, the practical side of martial arts we're, we're talking. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for me, I think it was an easy shift to, to yeah. want to do it, like I say. But yeah, if, if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I, I like, so we get this a lot with the seminars as well. When we do the seminars, people will come along and go, I really like what you guys are doing. I'd, I'd love to do it. And so I'm like, why, why don't you? Right, <laughs> exactly. Why don't you? What's yeah. stopping you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny, what's stopping you is, is their loyalty to their sense, you know? And, and I think right. um, uh, it's, it's a cool, it's a nice thing for them to, to have that loyalty. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're a grown up, you know, the, the people that come and say this to us, yeah, you know, they're, they're grown men and women. So yeah, I'd love to do it. I say yeah, <laughs> the doors open. You know, you, you can come yeah. along and do it. But I think I think um, some people will feel it's um, maybe they be out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. to, to, to to sort of go and do this all the time. But then sure. it's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, to be out of your comfort zone. You, 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 exactly. You've got to do that. You know, and I've had a couple of people write me, actually more than a couple, that have said, you know, I'm interested in doing kind of what you're doing, but my dojo doesn't do that. What should I do? I say, well, firstly, obviously you have to be respectful, but yeah. a dojo owner or an instructor, I mean, they, they are running a service business. If you, the mm. customer go to them and say, here's what I, I'm interested in doing. I'd like to do this. If, if, you know, you would teach me say something, mm. don't just quietly sit and wait for them to figure out what it is you want to do. Voice what your, your interest is. You can go to them privately. You shouldn't do it in the middle of a class and say, yeah. "Hey, why aren't we? Why aren't we get doing live practice?" But yeah. go to them privately and say, "Here's, you know, I saw this. I'm interested in doing it. Um, help me out. Like this is what I'm interested in learning." As a teacher, I, I, every student that comes in, and I say, I will ask them, "What is it you're here for? What is it you want to learn? Because I want to get you what you're looking for. And if you, yeah. nothing I can provide, I'll find you somebody that can get you there." Yeah. And but yeah, I, I think I think it comes down to instructors as well, isn't it? So we, we said about the students, you know, they're, they're, they're free to do what well, my students are free to do what they want. You know, mm -hmm. I've you know, got no hold over them at all. You know, if they want to go and train at a different club and do different things, you know, like Sue said earlier, you know, I'll, I'll actively encourage it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think I think, yeah, probably part of the problem could be the, 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 the senseis as well, the instructors, you know, they yeah. um, there's, there's probably a lot of instructors out there that that might think yeah i'd like to do that as well that's pretty cool but they're so set in their ways right it's like how do they go about it you know yeah. so I, th I think for me when i first made the transition it was it was baby steps not just for me because i you know i've been on the seminar circuit for quite a while when i started by the time i'd made the transition and i had a bit of a colorful youth <laughs> anyway so you know i kind of know how how fight fights work and that you know so um but but yeah, I think for my students' sake, as, as an instructor, I, it was it was it was baby steps. Because if all of a sudden, if you make this big jump from right, this is what we was doing, mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do now. Right. Um, you know, it'd be overwhelming for the students as well. So right. yeah, as yeah, an there's, instructor, there'll be a, a transition, and I think you yeah. know, giving your instructor the opportunity to accommodate what it is you want to do is is a good move. Now, it could be that mm -hmm. your instructor just says, "You're crazy. We're not ever going to do any of that here. This is what we're doing." and that's it. Well, then you have to make a choice. Do I want to stay here and learn what they're yeah. doing? Or would there be another instructor that's going to be closer to the things that I want to learn? But yeah. have a dialogue about it, like open up the discussion. Um, and, you know, a good instructor will always welcome hearing from his students. He will never yeah. make a student feel like you shouldn't talk to him or you shouldn't, you know, voice what you're interested in. 
Um, yeah. and, and sadly, there's some toxic martial art instructors out there, but I'd say the, the vast majority of them would appreciate hearing from their students yeah. what they're interested in. And, yeah. and they'll, yeah. they're, they're ready to respond, you know, or would at least start going that direction. Yeah, well, I say for, for me, um, I was I was I was already running a club, but I was doing it for a bigger group, you know, a bigger organization. And I did have to leave that org. You know, it, it was um, it was a little bit of a fall, <laughs> fallout as well, but it was it was kind of it, it kind of made it easy for me to. OK, well, this is what I want to do. I don't you know, um, with, with, a, with, a, with a small falling out that we had, you know, it, it was an easy, easy for me to then walk away and say, OK, I'm going to go off and do this. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, and that's happening. Own... There's a lot of instructors that are leaving organizations and organizations that are breaking up, dojos breaking up. And it's one of those things where, you know, if somebody's not happy with, with mm. what's going on in their dojo, maybe that's the best thing. Sometimes but, a divorce with a couple that's, yeah. that's not working out is what needs, needs to happen to, to restore harmony. But, uh, yeah. But again, I, I suppose what I said earlier, and really, you know, I was, I was in a situation where I wasn't happy with what I was doing. I wanted to do the cool stuff. So it's like, I'm a grown up. I'll leave and I'll, I'll go and do it. You know, so I made Nobody's that choice. getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is it. But yeah, I made, I made that choice. And I think that's, that's, I think it's, it's difficult, you know, having, if you've got that loyalty to your instructor and it's, it's, it is a good thing, yeah. but you've got to do what's good for you. You know, so yes. what, what you're happy with, you know, so if, if, if what you're doing, if you, right. if you want to, you know, if you want to do something that's going to make you happy and you, you go off and do that, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, that'd be it on that for me. Sure. Really. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're running a little bit over an hour. So I think this is a, a really good conversation. Is there anything else you wanted to wrap up with or? Um, no, no, I did because I, I thought I sort of made a little list earlier. Oh, okay, just just to make sure I've got my 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 my, my head together. But yeah, we, we've talked about transitioning from applied, you know, from, from traditional to applied, and, and, and things like that, which is you know I think that was one of the main main things we wanted to talk about. So the YouTube channel, do, on, on the YouTube channel, I, I say for, for for me when I, when I first started doing that, it was it was kind of a fun thing for me to do as well, really not not necessarily to do the networking. I said okay, I'll do this. But then there, there was um, when you when you put stuff out there, I think we mentioned this earlier. You're always going to get the trolls as well, aren't you? So I was always nervous about that. You know, I just think oh, people are going to hate it. But yeah, it's, it's actually been not not bad. You know, so, so the, the response, the majority is okay. But yeah, I think uh, I think um, yeah, there's it, it, always that in the back of your head. You think oh, I'm going to get slated for this one, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been all right. So yeah. sure. But no, I, I think yeah, I think we've, we've probably done there. Uh, I, I think uh, sort of touched on pressure testing ish you know just just making your training alive didn't we because that's something that mm -hmm. you know we like to do um didn't, didn't go on the full out pressure testing but yeah i think i think we're, we're pretty pretty good there tristan i'd say cool if well, you're thank happy you very it. much yeah. brian it's been yeah. great having you on the on the show so i, I yeah. enjoy all these conversations and this was this was uh, as enjoyable as any of the other ones i've had awesome yeah well, like i say thanks for having me and uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll send you my links if that's all cool and uh, yeah maybe we'll do it again sometime Absolutely. I look forward yeah. to it. Well, you uh, have a good rest of your evening and, and Merry Christmas. I love your tree. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you guys. Cheers. Thank you very much for watching and supporting this podcast. Enjoy your training.